Good evening, viewers. The views, information, or opinions expressed on Myths and Misconceptions podcast are solely those of the individual guests and may not be representative of the show as a whole. Myths and Misconceptions is intended for mature audiences and will discuss topics such as murder, rape, torture, and suicide. If you, or anyone you know, are having suicidal ideations, call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-237-8255. Someone will be there to talk to you. You are not alone. Now, on to today's episode. Viewer discretion is advised. You and your friends have finally saved up enough money to take that trip to L.A. you've talked about for ages. You pack your bags, remembering to pack that little bikini you saved for just this occasion. You see your friends outside the airport waiting for you as the cab pulls up. The anticipation is building inside you. You wait in line, start talking about the soft sands, the salty sea, the warm air that you'll be indulging in on your girls-only vacation. You check your bags, slide the boarding pass to the flight attendant, walk the terminal, and find your seat. The flight is okay, the food is mediocre, the drinks are weak, and the in-flight movie is some comedy from the late 2000s. But that's okay. You're taking your dream vacation with your best friends, and before you know it, the captain comes on the overhead to tell everyone that you'll be landing soon. The plane lands, you find your bags, you regroup with your friends, and finally step out of LAX. As if on cue, a cab pulls over and ushers you in. The cabbie asks you, where do you want to go? And you ask for recommendations to a cheap hotel. You figure you'll be at the beach or the shops for most of the day. Why spend a lot on a hotel room? With a twinkle in his eye and a mischievous grin on his face, he offers to take you to one of two hotels he knows that matches your description. One is a quaint three-building hotel with a flat brick facade lined with little windows, and the other is a seven-story French Gothic-style hotel looking over Sunset Boulevard like a castle overlooking its fiefdom. You and your friends decide on a hotel, and the cabbie begins to drive to your destination. After a while, you and your friends run out of things to talk about and begin to wonder why it's taking so long. It feels like you've been driving for hours. The cabbie finally stops, you pay the fare, and walk into the place you'll call home for the next week. As soon as you walk in, you feel a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach. Like the building acknowledges your presence and is telling you that you don't belong here. The woman at the reception desk stares at you with a blank affect and in a monotone voice asks you if you'd like a room. You ask her for a suite. She turns around, grabs a key, and places it on the desk with a deep thump that startles you as you look around at your friends. You pick up the key 
An electrical feeling surges through your body as you turn around and begin walking down the hall. You find it weird. You've never been here before, but you know exactly where you're going. Like the hotel is guiding you to where you need to be. As you walk, that sinking feeling returns. The hair on the back of your neck stands up and you become acutely aware of your surroundings. You see something in the corner of your eye, but as you turn to look, it's gone. Before you realize it, you've made it to your room. You slide the key in the lock. The metal scrapes as you unlock the door. The door creaks open and you walk in as if a moth to a flame. The hotel has sucked you in. The door slams and, like the mouth of a carnivorous plant that has just attracted its prey, you try to open the door, but it won't budge. The hotel has chosen you as its next victim, luring you in since the very beginning, and there's only one way out. In this episode of Myths and Misconceptions, we'll be talking about two hotels with very sinister pasts. The Hotel Cecil and the Chateau de Mormont. So sit down, strap in, because this is going to be a thrilling ride. With a vast array of specials on Netflix and Discovery Plus, a multitude of videos on YouTube, and even popular entertainment sites like Cosmopolitan and BuzzFeed. As we will find out, the Hotel Cecil has seen bloodshed and death, and has been called home to those who take their own lives, as well as those who have taken others. The heartache and dark energy stained into the walls of every room. Join us as we delve into the history of the Hotel Cecil. The Hotel Cecil was built in 1924 by William Banks Hanner, Charles L. Dix, and Robert H. Shops. It was designed in the Beaux-Arts style by Loy Lester Smith and constructed by W.W. Patton. It boasts 700 rooms, a marble lobby, stained glass windows, and ornate statues, and it cost around $1.5 million, which would be about $24 million today. The Hotel Cecil was intended to be a low-budget hotel for business travelers and tourists, and it prospered for a few years until the country slipped into the Great Depression. The Hotel Cecil began to flourish again around the 1940s and 50s, but began to see a second decline after 
the nearby area known as Skid Row started to see an influx of the homeless population. At one point, there have been upwards to 10,000 homeless people within a four-mile radius of the Hotel Cecil. In 2007, new owners took over and tried to breathe new life into the hotel by renovating it. The Cecil was rebranded in 2011 as the Stay on Main, and it sold again in 2014 for $30 million and closed again in 2017 for renovations, but has been stopped indefinitely during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Hotel Cecil has seen a lot of tragedy since it opened in 1924. It has been a beacon for the dark and morose. Many people have gone to the Cecil with the sole intent to commit suicide, with many ingesting poison, jumping out of windows, slitting their wrists or neck, or shooting themselves. Others have stayed at the Cecil with more sinister intentions. There have been two confirmed serial killers that have stayed at this hotel during their killing sprees. And in this segment, we'll be focusing on some of the more notable cases. The first documented suicide was in January of 1927. Percy Orman Cook shot himself after failing to reconcile with his wife. And in 1934, an army sergeant by the name of Louis S. Borden slashed his own throat with his razor blade. A Marine by the name of Roy Thompson jumped off the roof of the hotel and his body was found on the skylight of the neighboring building in 1938. Then, in 1944, a 19-year-old woman by the name of Dorothy Jean Purcell went to the bathroom in the middle of the night due to stomach pains. Not knowing she was pregnant, she gave birth in the bathroom. She mistakenly thought her baby was stillborn and threw her out of the hotel window. She was arrested and put on trial. She was found not guilty by reason of insanity and was admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Pauline Otten, who was 27 at the time, jumped from her ninth floor window in 1962 after an argument with her ex-husband. She unfortunately fell on top of George Gianni, killing them both instantly. In June of 1984 to August 1985, Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, in June of 1984 to August 1985, Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, would routinely stay on the 14th floor of the Cecil Hotel. In the summer of 1985, he was arrested and convicted of 13 counts of murder, five attempted murders, and 11 rapes and sexual assaults. After taking a victim, he was known to throw his bloody clothes into the hotel dumpster and walk through the lobby naked. Unfortunately, due to all the crime and depravity that occurred in the hotel and around the hotel, nobody cared about Richard Ramirez's activities, so he was able to continue his killing spree In 1991, due to the influence of Ramirez, an Austrian serial killer named Jack 
Unterweger stayed at the Hotel Cecil. Jack had a deep-seated hatred for women and used the Hotel Cecil as a base to murder prostitutes. He would strangle them to death with their own bras, and he eventually slipped up while staying in the hotel and was arrested and convicted of 11 rapes and murders. There have also been a number of famous cold cases associated with the Hotel Cecil. Although the hotel may not have been directly involved in the killing, the Hotel Cecil has also been home to many cold cases, such as a mother and her child were walking in an L.A. neighborhood when they came upon a horrific scene. A 22-year-old woman had been cut in half and a smile carved onto her face from ear to ear. This woman was later to be Elizabeth Short, aka the Black Dahlia. Most interestingly though, the detectives found no blood around the body, which indicated that she had been dumped there after the murder. And although the police couldn't determine where the murder took place, the Black Dahlia was reported to be staying at the Cecil Hotel at the time. And due to the reputation of the hotel, it could be feasible that she was murdered there and her body was dumped in the neighborhood at a later date. In June of 1964, a 79-year-old woman by the name of Goldie Osgood was brutally murdered in her hotel room. The autopsy had shown that she was raped, beaten, stabbed, and then finally choked with a rag. Her hotel room was ransacked, and when interviewed by the police, her friend stated that they had just talked to her minutes before the murder, but nobody could find who murdered her. A suspect by the name of Jacques B. Ellinger was arrested a few hours later, but was released due to lack of evidence. It was speculated that her murderer had taken the lives of two other women in the area. Both of the other women were stabbed to death, and all three women had the same interest, feeding pigeons. The reputation of the Hotel Cecil persists even to this day. In 2013, Elisa Lamb, a Canadian college student, was reported missing. Her body was found three weeks later, floating in one of the water tanks on the roof of the hotel. Elisa's corpse was only found because the guests in the hotel had complained of bad water pressure and strange-tasting tap water. During the investigation, some very bizarre behaviors were observed from her by surveillance cameras in the hotel. It looked as though she was running from someone pressing all the buttons in the hotel elevator and waving her arms erratically. Many theories surface from the hotel being haunted to Elisa refusing to take her medications for bipolar or depression, which in turn caused her to accidentally commit suicide. Due to the lack of evidence, the LA Police Department determined her death to be an accidental drowning. It's of my personal opinion that Elisa Lamb was suffering from some sort of nervous and or mental breakdown in which the spirit of the hotel used this to cause her to kill herself. The Cecil Hotel is rumored to be one of the most haunted hotels in America and serves as the horrifying inspiration for this fifth season of American Horror Story. Though the stories that are held within these walls and the memories that the hotel hold are more putrid and gruesome, the silver screen could never do it justice. The next hotel is the Chateau de Mormont, 
which has been used by celebrities and the rich and famous. It opened its doors on February 1st, 1929, and was created by architects Arnold A. Weitzman and William Douglas Lee. It was designed to look like Chateau d'Ambois, a retreat for royalty and nobles in France's Leore Valley. The Marmont overlooks the city like a modern-day fortress and was built to be California's first earthquake-proof building. Surviving earthquakes from 1933, 1953, 1971, and 1987. The hotel's 63 rooms, suites, cottages, and bungalows played host to many celebrities during the 30s and all the way up to the 2000s. Many celebrities have exhibited a slew of inappropriate behaviors while staying at the Chateau de Mormont. And it has garnered the reputation of being the place to go for some discreet depravity for Hollywood's elite. This was due to how Hollywood's motion picture code in the 1930s had controlled how celebrities could behave on and off the screen. Though most accounts are lost to time, the more notable scandals are how Howard Hughes would use the hotel to spy on women poolside from his room. And after a fight with his wife, director Nicholas Ray moved into a bungalow in the Marmont, where he would host wild parties and eventually had an affair with the 16-year-old female lead from Rebel Without a Cause, Natalie Wood. Actress Betty Davis set the hotel on fire twice. After the second time, she never stepped foot in the hotel again. Lucille Ball and her husband, Desi Arnaz, from I Love Lucy fame, would normally stay in the Chateau de Mormont, where Arnaz would constantly cheat on Lucille. He would rent a suite at the hotel, and when Lucy found out, they would make up, but not before nasty fights, often physical, that would erupt in the halls. Jean Harlow and Harold Rawson moved into Chateau Marmont, where Harlow started an affair with Clark Gable. And Jim Morrison, from The Doors, reportedly jumped off a balcony and forced the maids to clean his bloody sheets. And lastly, the members of Led Zeppelin would race their motorcycles through the hallways and the rooms. But the fights, secret affairs, and general depravity aren't the only things the Chateau Mormont has to offer. The hotel also has many deaths associated with it. The ghosts of the hotel routinely make themselves known. People insist that the Chateau de Mormont is cursed, citing that those celebrities who have stayed too long don't leave the hotel. And because of the secrecy and reputation of the hotel, not many deaths have been reported. However, due to paparazzi and the families and friends of the celebrities that have met an untimely end at the hotel, we know some that can be covered. Many people that stay at the hotel have reported to have seen Marilyn Monroe walking the halls of the hotel, stopping only to check her hair and reapply her lipstick in a mirror that now hangs in the lobby, but used to hang in a room that she always stayed in. A man researching for a book he was writing on the doors rented the hotel room that the band would often stay in, and he was awoken by the sounds of a party. He tried to find the source of the sounds and searched all over the hotel until he was confronted by the ghost of the door's frontman, Jim Morrison. A woman once reported that in the middle of the night, 
Someone opened the window to her room and got in bed with her. After a while, she silently creeped out of her bed and walked to the window. She noted that there were bars across it. And when looking back at the bed, nobody was there. It is said that when he was alive, Jim Morrison would swing from drain pipes and branches to enter other people's rooms as a prank. Actress Angela Bassett, from the American Horror Story fame, stayed in the hotel and left her clothes and jewelry spread out around the room. Upon waking up, she noticed that all of her things were meticulously organized and put away. And when she asked the front desk staff if anyone had cleaned her room in the middle of the night, the receptionist told her no, cleaning wasn't scheduled until later that day. Many ghosts roam the halls of the Chateau Mormont, from the likes of Howard Hughes, Boris Karloff, and Heath Ledger. But the most tragic are those of Helmut Newton and John Belushi. In 2004, the legendary photographer Helmut Newton lost control of his car while coming out of the garage and fatally crashed it into a wall. He had suffered a heart attack while driving, which killed him instantly. Many who have stayed at the hotel have reported to have seen a man that resembles Newton roaming the halls of the hotel, looking dazed and confused. People have also reported to hearing the click of an old camera while laying poolside. But the most tragic death is that of actor and Saturday Night Live superstar, John Belushi. His friends Dan Aykroyd, Robert De Niro, Robin Williams, and his wife Judy Belushi had tried helping him kick his drug habit, but he was too far gone. And in 1982, while staying in Bungalow Number 3, Belushi went on a five-day cocaine and heroin bender that led him to overdose and die in the hotel. He was found by his bodyguard, Bill Wallace, with a needle still in his arm. A week after his death, his longtime friend and co-worker Al Franken claimed to have an encounter with Belushi's ghost. According to Franken, he woke up in the middle of the night after tossing and turning to see Belushi's ghostly figure standing over him. And by the time Franken could get his glasses on and focus his eyesight, Belushi was gone. A few years after his death, a couple had booked bungalow number three with their son and noticed that while he was in the room all alone, they could hear him laugh. After asking him why he was laughing, he picked up a picture of John Belushi that he had found somewhere in the hotel room and pointed to the corner of his room, saying, The funny man made me laugh. Now, it's my firm belief that certain places where immense tragedy has occurred hold in dark energy. These places have the ability to warp a person's mind in an effort to create more chaos and bloodshed, feeding it the souls it needs to continue its hellish journey, as if the building themselves feed off the innocence and fear, creating opportunities to tear down a person's psyche. That, unfortunately, listeners, is all the time we have for today. Do you believe that physical locations hold the memories of the past activities inside their walls? If so, why don't you drop us a line at myths underscore misconceptions at outlook.com. We are looking forward to reading your story. <laughs>